0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey,
2: check out that video. Anton, that's better than yours. Oh, I ain't joking. I ain't joking. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's Russell. My eleven. Hope you're safe and well. New to the channel? Please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon. It's made it with any time I put new content on. We have videos going up daily, and I wouldn't want you to miss any videos. So make sure you hit that bell icon because every story, every guest is brilliant and priceless. Um, and we have another foreign hammer from not around these waters. Um, he's got. You can just see the flag just behind him, next to West Ham flag, of course. Uh, Irons United. You've just seen him. He's obviously does a foreign, um, foreign analyst for Premier League um, productions as well. Outside the UK, you probably recognise him, obviously, inside the UK. Unless you get a dodgy feed, you won't know who he is. <laughs> um, he's Rich and Hi, Rich. How are you doing, man?
1: Oh, Russ. Fantastic, mate. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Abs-
2: absolute pleasure. Sticky. I'm very sticky. I'm very <laughs> sticky. I'm just moving my globe. Otherwise, Alf will take the piss out of me. So I'm moving my... Uh, it's a mic, God knows. Yeah, very sticky. Um, and I, I don't like hot weather, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not very good. Although I'm one of those people who will be in his shorts until like November, December. But it's when it's really hot, I don't like it. And I'm a bit sticky. Yeah, I'm sure and it's I'm...
1: a massive shock to the system for you guys, because we're used to it over here. That's but what I mean, what I mean. in the UK, yeah. it must be a real shock. It is, and I mean, we spoke to
2: all the guys in like uh, all the American hammers, and you know, in like New Orleans and Atlanta, and they're, they're used to this sort of like 36, 37, but even thirty three in the UK is just unbearable. It's like when it yeah, snows. I can it's like when it snows, we get like a, we get like you know a centimeter of snow and everything shuts down. Whereas, <laughs> you know, I've been to Iceland and they've literally been driving through two foot of snow you know like it's nothing it's um we the brits don't cope well with um (laughs) with weather fluctuations and we moan and we're dying for some rain now and it's like as soon as it rains we'll be like pissed off because it's the summer and it's raining it makes no sense yeah
1: madness madness
2: absolute craziness but uh not obviously not as hot as over there uh in south africa by the way if you haven't realized rich is south african the accent didn't give it <laughs> <away>. um, <laughs> how's things over there for you man with everything all the all the pandemic and stuff like that for you
1: yeah mate. it's been a big uh Big struggle actually for us. We've had to adapt quite a bit. I know my parents have struggled a bit uh, with work, I think, like everyone. Um, yeah. It's been a big shock to everyone's system. Um, we've been in lockdown for a terribly, terribly long time. Um, they st- there's still an alcohol ban, which should be lifted hopefully in the next couple of days. But I think that's been quite a struggle for, for people that love their beer and whiskeys, yeah. etc. Cigarettes have been banned for the last four months, which has been a big shock for a lot of people as well. Um, there was even a rule at one point where you'd wake up and you could only go for runs between 6 and 9 a.m. So people okay. are going like, that's, that's mental. I mean, if you can't get out at that time, that's crazy. So that, yeah. that for me was, was, a big, was a big shock and you weren't even able to leave your house. So it was really, really strict. Um, so I think everyone's just kind of over it now and hoping that um, slowly but surely the restrictions will yeah. be lifted.
2: But I, I, I pref- It sounds weird, but I prefer that when it's like they're strict. There's no grey area, you know. You go, yeah. you don't go. You know, is with this this country. It was, it was always, yeah, you can go for exercise. It's okay. Like, well, once a day. Well, you know, it's like there's no curfew when you can go out. And you know, you know the Brits. You give them an inch, and they'll take a mile. You know, and it's like I don't I don't you know the 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 no alcohol and no and no cigarettes. That's a bit of a killer, but um. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Are they said they
1: oh, why? You know, you know the, the real the real reason is is that there's massive corruption in this country, as I'm sure yeah. you guys know. And basically, what's happened is you've got um, a lady who had links to our former president, who who decided to ban cigarettes. But what she's doing is she's got a heavy, heavy link with uh, links with the legal cigarette trade. So she's oh. making massive, massive money day in, day out while these cigarettes are banned. It's going in her back pocket. So it's actually really sad. It's shocking what's what's happening in, in yeah. our country. So it is really sad. And as you said, with, with people in the UK, unfortunately here we have the exact same problem. People never really listen when, when yeah. rules are, are set. And yeah. unfortunately, if you have a couple of people that, that don't listen, the whole system gets broken. So yeah. that's exactly what's happening here. the so same
2: as here. same as here. You get people like, you know, we have to wear... Face masks in, uh, in in shops and stuff like that, and yeah, yeah. it winds me up, you know. When, when people don't, it just doesn't take a lot, you know. Even if yeah, you go, exactly, I've seen I've seen people double turn and gone. Uh, even if they went like this, you know, fair enough. At least they forgot their mask, but they're making an effort, you know. What I mean, exactly, uh, exactly. But uh, it's not nothing's going to help unless everyone does it all together. that's basically it. Yeah, absolutely. But but in in lighter news, <laughs> we say less less pandemic based We're still in the Premier League. That's enough.
1: I That's enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I won't lie. At one point I was proper shitting myself that we were yeah, gonna yeah. go down. I think it was after the I think the Spurs game where we lost in the Wolves game. And I just I just could I didn't see any fight left in the lads. Yeah. And I really was worried. I looked at my old man and I said, Dad, we're down. You know, we're down. I just don't yeah. see what we've got left. And luckily we managed to put together some really good performances towards the end of the season, and thank God mm. for that, because else we could have easily been in the championship.
2: Yeah, yeah, we could have easily been uh, But I, ju- I, I know what you mean. I mean, that Wolves game was appalling. But then again, even before lockdown, we would have probably still lost to Wolves, probably about the same result, yeah. because they were a good team. Yeah. And then that that uh, yeah that Spurs game, you saw a little bit, but not enough. I I agree. And then, yeah, for the like we were just the informed team towards the end. It was like, what <laughs> the fuck's going on here? You know, Michael Antonio, what... what God for much? Antonio whose boots has he nicked you know it's like yeah. it's like what's going on here but um yeah i know what you mean and and typically you know we hit our best form just as the season ends and then everyone buggers off for six weeks um to go on holiday so is what it is i mean i think they're back in training on monday i think i think he's given i think yeah. they had three weeks off which yeah, seems really to have flown too. by it seems to have flown by those three weeks um unbelievable I know, it's just crazy. But hopefully we won't have this little deluge of games that we've had so far. Because I couldn't keep up. There was too many games for my liking. I love football, but there was too many. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I like it, but not too much. Um, yeah. I'd miss games without realising. You'd look at your phone at like 7 o'clock and you have missed three games. But how yeah. the fuck have I done that? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they, the boy's done well. And um, fair play to Moisey. He's done it again, you know. He, they brought it in second time. He's done it twice, you know. It's
1: not once. Once might be a fluke, but I think. Yeah. Fair, um... fair play to him because I mean I was I was over in the UK. I watched um, Pellegrini's last two games in charge. Yeah. And then I obviously watched David Moyes's first game in charge against Bournemouth. And there was a lot of negativity when when he first got brought in. Yeah. A lot of people were going. Now nah, this is a really underwhelming um, appointment. He's been here already. We're going back. You know, mm, it's embarrassing. Mm. And I kind of was on that train. I was thinking to myself, yeah. Good lord, have we really gone back to? someone we deemed not good enough a couple of months uh, prior yeah, yeah, yeah. but fair play to him you know he knuckled down he he made some big decisions and we, yeah. we got the job done which I guess is all he all he could do and he's done that so yeah. let's see now hopefully the owners give him a bit of a war chest I don't think that's going to happen to be honest in terms of finances yeah. but uh, we, we can hope I guess we can hope,
2: and I think you're right. And I think there's a blueprint there of what he sees as the vision for the club in terms of the players he brought in. Yeah, obviously, to be fair, he had he walked in and the cupboards were bare. There was no scouting yeah. reports. There was no scouts apart from one bloke, and he did it. You know, and I felt really sorry for him, but he managed to. Despite that, he managed to pull off. You know, Bowen and Sujek coming in, who arguably are, are been our best two players since restart, yeah. and you know, also unknown for West Ham team we could we could have sold them tomorrow and make a profit a profit yeah. which wow. never happens with us fucking <laughs> hell a profit you know you double your money on Suček, check no problem and, and maybe even Bowen as well um yeah. and and clearly clearly that's the model it's it's makes so much business sense you know um, not just from a football perspective but you know get hungry young players in and then build them up. And if they use as a stepping stone, well, for the time being, I think that's our position at the moment. You know, if we get two good three seasons out of them, it, you know, straight away, the fans have taken to Suchek and Bowen because they put put a shift in. And you know more than anyone, they don't have to be the best player in the world. But if they try, we forget that they're not very good. You that's know, all like, we you asked know, for. Yeah. That's all we asked for, exactly. And that's what yeah. we're going to get. And so um, no, I just think it's uh, it's the right way to go. And I think he's been very shrewd. Bringing someone like Kevin Nolan in, you can see since restart we've become this sort of domineering corner team, which we've yeah. never been really. I don't, apart from maybe when Kevin was playing, um, we were good at corners, and now we're really good at corners. And <laughs> uh, which again, it's like you know, little things like that. You know, like. I think uh, I think Gonzo did it in one of his hammers chat videos where he spoke of us. and now you know we're like the land of the giants now. We're taking long throws. You know yeah. it, it's like it's it's totally different, but it's working. And um, I've uh, you know, every season I have blind optimism in the in the close season that this season's going to be our year. I'll give them three games. I know three games, and then I'll be back to square one again. But
1: I'm I'm exactly the same every really single excited. season. I think we're yeah. going to win the Premier League, and then <laughs> now but look, I, I mean. Right. I, I still reckon. I still reckon. Um, I, I, I still reckon we can be optimistic. I see no reason why we can't crack top eight next season if we just get our shit together for one season. Yeah. You know, it can right. happen. But unfortunately, with West Ham, it doesn't happen <laughs> as much but as we'd you're like. Totally,
2: you're totally right. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he said, "You know, I'm. I'll be." I'm not. I'll be. You know, West Ham are so unpredictable. They could even. They could win the league, or they could be relegated, and neither yeah. would surprise me. And that's the <laughs> yeah. thing with West. It's so true, isn't it? It's like you, I think that's why we support them because, yeah, we could be Man City fans or Chelsea or Liverpool fans, and yeah, you're just yeah you, know, you you're guaranteed fourth place, and you know they but. I wouldn't want that I, I you know although i hate a relegation scrap it was exciting you know and yeah. i would like now a couple of boring sam allardyce alan Kirbyley seasons where we finish like 10th to 13th um and have a good cut run that would do me for the time being but uh, but anyway Rich. so obviously you know, you're in south africa you know, you've got the west ham shirt you've got the flag on the first question i ask everyone is why west ham why is west ham your club rich
1: Look, I mean, it was, it was something passed down to me from my old man, and I absolutely adore him for that. Um, he grew up in Zimbabwe, actually. He was born in Zambia, grew up in Zimbabwe, and um, he was one of three uh, boys. Uh, he, was, he sent letters to West Ham as a young kid. His brother sent to Everton, and his other brother sent to Arsenal. And my dad was the only one who got a reply from from the club. He got a personalized reply letter saying, thank you for your message. Blah, blah, blah. And from that moment on, my dad was just absolutely hooked. Obviously, he was very much in love with West Ham, um, following the likes of Bobby Moore, of course, you know, yeah. 1966 winners and stuff. And he, he had that alliance to them from that. Passed it down to me. And I knew from day one that it wasn't about the glory. It wasn't about us winning trophies. <laughs> but I just yeah. absolutely fell in love with the tradition of the club. And I, I, yeah. I, I read I read about our history. And I was just absolutely hooked on that. And I absolutely have never looked back. I've I've seen us get relegated multiple times. I've seen us get our hearts broken in the FA Cup finals. Yeah. I've seen us win um, Championship playoffs. You know, so it's been an absolute roller coaster ride. But I absolutely love it, and I wouldn't change anything about my journey as a West Ham fan. It's been fantastic.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get that, and it's funny. I mean, that's it's probably the most unusual story we've had. So obviously, I think these, I think you're about 145th guest we've had on, I think roughly, give or take a couple. Um, and, and every story is different, but your one is brilliant. So you know, your dad wrote to the club and they answered back. Absolutely yeah. love it. It's it, and, yeah. and, and you're right. It's and and what I love it even from an early age, you realised it wasn't about the football. Um, it wasn't about the glory because you know you backed the wrong horse. <laughs> if that's the case basically it's perfect. yeah i mean absolutely. but obviously and obviously now you know obviously you do do stuff for Irons united and stuff it's not about it's about the community and it's about obviously the friends you've met so obviously you know the guys you know, anton and stelwin and alf and jim and, and people like that you know and it's and that's what i think being a west ham fan is all about it really is it's not about watching them on sky or whatever it's or even going to a game it's about the relationship and the and the friendships you make going to the absolutely that's what people miss
1: absolutely mate so i mean how iron United started for me was in it was middle of 2016 and i got a facebook request from anthony baker and i was thought to myself who the hell is this and he ended up going i see you're you're from south africa would you like to get involved i at that point in time i would never have believed that I would have come over to the UK twice, met up with the lads, yeah. you know, done all the stuff for United, shared a bed with with Anton in, in some random person's house on the first night when when I went over to the UK and, you know, made these incredible friends all over the UK that I that I keep in contact with almost daily just yeah. from, from that Facebook friend request. You know, it's absolutely mm-hmm. unbelievable how life works. And I guess, as you say, I mean, that, that side of being a West Ham fan is so special that I've been able to make those those connections and yeah, I'll, I'll remember that um, to the grave, you know, it's, yeah. it's those connections that are so special to me. So yeah, I've loved every minute of that.
2: Oh, totally. And um, and I mean, even, I mean, this is relatively, I mean, compared to the, the Irons guys and various others, I mean, this, this is relatively new channel, but even in the last sort of three or four months, how long it's been going, it's, um, I know exactly what you mean. I've met some incredible people um, all over the world. Um, and, as you said people that are still that i'm in regular contact with now and you know you know you're thousands of miles apart you know for me but we are chatting because of because of this this badge and it? it's mental when yeah. you think about it um you know when i spoke to um uh, the indian hammers there you know and he's in their guys in bangalore and and again the, it, it, mental we had the same top on and you know um Oh, it's brilliant, and obviously you—you know—you're privy to a lot of information in terms of, you know, I've been in part of lots of the Facebook groups and stuff now, and there's obviously people have had tragedy and stuff during, you know, the, lo- in the lockdown particularly, and everyone just bounced together, and it, it just gives you such a warm feeling inside that you know everyone. West Ham family, West Ham family, is, you know, and we yeah. talk about it, yeah, we talk about it, but it's true, and it's so true, and I don't think anyone else has that. You know what I mean? It's like I might be biased, but you know, you watch. Yeah, you know, Arsenal fan TV and and stuff like that, and they always seem to be at each other's throats. We just seem to be, you know, and we're doing. And obviously, we've got some stuff coming up soon. um We're doing some. Uh, I'm I'm doing a charity event soon where we're getting Anton involved and the Hammers Chat oh, guys, oh, yeah, and and so we get so and and so it's 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 beautiful. It, you know, I, I, it's one of those things I can't actually you know voice how I feel because I think it's so lovely that everyone just gets on. And you know,
1: uh, you know when I got really emotional, mate. It was when I, I came over this last December. I, I'd obviously visited Anton in, in December 2016 when I met him for the first time, but I came over yeah. this last December again, and I managed to get tickets to Palace away, and and just singing with those West Ham fans in the way, and I had Stell next to me. I I almost wanted to cry. You know, it was just yeah. I was just overcome with emotion. You know, because this is what I've lived for my entire life, and to be with those. I don't know, two and a half thousand West Ham away fans just singing our lungs out. That's what it all came down to for me. And it just culminated so beautifully in that moment. I I was almost in tears next to my brother. It was really unbelievable moments. So, yeah. It's
2: one of those things, I I think... (laughs) You know, when we all, when whenever it may be that everyone we can get the sixty thousand back in London Stadium and and everyone's there singing together, I think everyone will it'll be a similar situation. You know, because I think yeah, everyone's definitely. missed that, and and even if it's I don't know I don't know. 20% filled it's not going to be the same as until when it's 80 percent you know, 60 100% field. you know it, it, you just Absolutely. need that collectivity and I think um, I think that's what people have missed um, you know obviously because a lot of people are you know are, are on their own and stuff and you know West Ham might be the only time that they actually see people on a Saturday you know so it's it's. Um, but you know I've we've had, we had the watch alongs and, and the there's, and there's Zoom parties and things like that to keep everyone going people have adjusted quite well I think yeah um, Definitely. to this, um, and it means we get new, you know, loads of loads of YouTube stuff. Obviously, the stuff that you know, the Irons United stuffs doing, Nigel's stuff he did the other day. You know, it's all it's all great, great. Keeps everyone going, doesn't it? It's quite funny, and I think that's a, it's all a bit tongue in cheek, isn't it, man? That's that's what we like <laughs> don't take us, you can't take yourselves too seriously. These things, I think some people do, and I just don't think West Ham fans do. I think they, you know. I love all Gonzo and Jo stuff on Amos chat. I think they're brilliant, and uh, obviously Nikki stuff on West Ham Fan TV, um, and all the other stuff. Free Amos, you know, everyone's brilliant, and everyone's come on the yeah. channel. We've had a really good giggle, and um, I'm looking forward to this charity event. It's going to be good. So we're raising money um, for from and Food Banks. So, um, oh, cause they, brilliant! Because they because they do all the um, all the collections um, during match days. So yes, 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 and obviously. Yes, yes. Uh, there's been no match days so they're a bit of sweet, course so, so yeah so we're working with them so we, it'll be good fun so it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a, it's gonna oh, be a fair a play mate well done well
1: so done, done, done to you for that that's brilliant
2: no nah, yeah i was approached a couple of weeks time so it's gonna be good anyway we're not talking about we're talking about that we're talking about you man and uh we're going to talk about your your hammers 11 because that's what i'm looking forward to so the, the basic idea is we've had you know 140 your guests and we get people to pick their 11. So the only rule is you have to be alive to a scene and play, not necessarily have seen them play live. Cause that sort of means you're somewhat restricted But being alive, <laughs> being alive to see play. So it means obviously that you and me can't put in Bobby Moore or Jeff Hurst into yeah. our teams. We can put in Roger Johnson and Elian. me do, me do. We haven't, yeah. said, we haven't given me do a shout Benny, out. Benny
1: Harvey, good old South African.
2: <laughs> trying to get, trying to get him on the channel. Trying to get him on. <laughs> trying to get him on. Trying to get Benny on, man. Um oh, no. But yeah, we could put we could put Big Benny on if you wanted to. But yeah, and that's the idea, so we can just so. And I think we've had something close to two hundred different players have popped up. Obviously, you know some regular ones, and then some unsung heroes and stuff. And it just gives everyone a chance to you know look back nostalgically at what's happened at the players they've they've seen. so for your 11 um for your 11 rich um we'll start off in goal We'll start between the sticks for you man who's
1: between the sticks okay so so my choice is rob green um when i came over in 2009 to watch the hammers play he played in goal that day um so i've got a bit of an affinity with him i would have like to have potentially gone with someone like Lucas fabianski but i just feel like he's got a bit more to prove he's still a bit new to the yeah. club i do think he's one of the best keepers we've had i think he's I class agree. but i'm going to go with robert green i mean he when he played for us he was england number one obviously he, he he started for england in the world cup in 2010 in my home country and obviously he he had that absolute howler that everyone seems to remember him for yeah. But he also had a lot of fantastic times in the West Ham shirts and he kept us in a lot of games. He was really loyal, got relegated with us, uh, came back up with us. So, yeah, my choice and goal is, is good old Robert Green.
2: Yeah. And, the, and again, we talk about us not taking ourselves too seriously. He didn't either. He, you know, even now he's, you know, he's, He's got you know a European Cup winner on his bio, despite the fact he, didn't, you know, and and you know you hear him and and when yeah. he when we, when he's at us, he had England number six stitched on his glove, didn't he, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. love people because because I think that's the one thing that's really really I, I've noticed definitely since doing this channel, and I have sort of looking back and reflecting. You don't get characters now in football as many. You know, it's like having. Uh, you know, Robert Green, or you know, even earlier, even you saw the Ma- Martin Allens, and you don't get them in the game anymore. It's almost become so professional that, yeah. and then the people that do almost stand out for the wrong reasons. So, like you know, someone like Jack Grealish, everyone goes, "Ah, oh, he's a right tosser," but he's got a bit of a personality about him. Do you know what I mean? And I think it sticks yeah, absolutely. out, absolutely. and 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 you know, and and that's why people like Declan Rice stick out like a sore thumb because. They have a leadership quality that not a lot of people have, and uh, yeah, exactly. and, and and it's uh, it's really, and some like Greenovers. and that's what and with goalkeepers they have an affinity with the fans, don't they? Because obviously. You know, the fans that are going to the game, they always, are, well, they're, they're in front of them for 45 minutes. So they always have a, a close, and Robert Green seems to have a really strong affinity with the West Ham fans. And uh, you're right, he you know, came down and came back up with us. And uh, that's all. Yeah. Uh, I, was,
1: that. I was actually um, lucky enough to. So I watched um, us relegate Middlesbrough on the final day in 2009 when Zola was our manager.
2: Yeah. And
1: I was lucky enough to go to the stadium the day before. We played on the Sunday. And uh, a mate of my dad's managed to get us to go watch the lads train on the, on the stadium pitch on the Saturday.
2: Nice.
1: And um, after the training session, I obviously waited outside. I was, what, maybe 10 or 11 at the time. I'm only 22 now. And I was there with my, with my autograph book and my pens. And uh, I had a quick chat with Rob Green. And, and my dad actually had um, a South African Supporters Club trophy because the South African Hammers had, had voted Greeno as their player of the year. And he, he managed to give it to Greeno, and, and he was so appreciative and he said, oh, thanks so much. That's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I think he oh, I off it. the field, he's also a top man and I, yeah. I respect him for that. So, and if anything, only... if
2: anything else, I mean, he's fantastic sort of lockdown haircut than anything you know sort of Seamus from uh, WWE you know it's like I for
1: that hairstyle I was laughing
2: the, yeah with that with the Tiger King sort of like yeah. you know goatee as well I just Not see and, and and the way he just <laughs> and the way when he did that TV interview and he didn't make no joke ju- he was like yeah he's just like so deadpan and everyone was like what the fuck's going on with it but he just carried <laughs> on and I absolutely love him for that right okay Greeno's in Rich, yeah. carry it, You go through the team as you want to, man. Whatever order you want to go through. It okay,
1: cool. So I'll, I'll just go from, from back to front. So I've yeah, chosen sure. three at the back. Um, yep. Mostly due to the fact that during my time as as watching watching West Ham, we haven't really been a team that's kept many clean sheets. We've been yep. a team that, that uh, leaks a lot of goals, but there are a few characters here in this back three that I really respect and that have made me really love the club. So I'm going to start off with none other than Mr. Ginge himself, James Collins at centre-back. Oh, back.
2: yeah, yeah, the old GP, yeah, Um
1: He is just an absolute hero of mine. Uh, obviously, he, he had spells at, at Villa in between, but he was just one player that genuinely loved the club and the fans mm. absolutely adored him. And mm. he was hard as nails, used to score some important goals for us. And, and even in more recent times, there were cases where he'd gone on an away day with the West Ham fans yeah. when he was injured yeah. or... He just you know, he was that type of character, proper lad and someone that you could really get behind. And I was so so proud to to watch someone like him play in Claritin Blue, proper hero of mine. Also one of those characters that doesn't really give a shit what people think about himself. No. You know, he's no. he embraces the fact that he's ginger. Look, I mean I'm even ginger as well, so I can resonate with him. So yeah, I, I love that about him, and he was just an absolute maverick at the back. So
2: And and he's that, and he's and, and, cool. and, and I mean I preferred him. I in someone else picked James Collins um, and they were talking about his first spell and I don't really remember much about his first spell to be perfectly honest I remember his yeah, second spell cuz he came back as a as a more he, obviously he's playing at Villa, he's playing under, with Richard Dunn, he came back as like a veteran defender, you know he had, he yeah, had a skinhead, yeah. or well, as much as he you know, shaved it as much as he could and yeah. uh, and he just came back with a beard and he just looked more West Hammy. do you know what I mean? And you're right, yeah. and he's he has, he has an affiliation you know, I love a player who throws his shirt in the crowd, but genuinely not just like, you know, ceremoniously but he'll pick a kid out and hand his shirt But and he always did that, and For me that's I love people who do that because it doesn't take a lot. You know what I mean? It's like nowadays, even more so now getting you know it's not about autographs and things like that anymore or Getting it's about getting you know a like or someone following you or a retweet from a like and you're like fuck yeah. it now and 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 it doesn't take a lot for for that and, and again taking your show off, which wasn't yours anyway and giving it to a little kid makes their day and as you said like with you and greeno you know spending time with him 10 minutes of his time and you'll remember that for the rest of your life
1: and And actually, lucky enough through through Premier League Productions, so it's funny, there's a couple of players in this eleven that I've actually managed to chat to on Premier League t v or West but I, but my face is in the studio, and they're chatting and and was one of the guys I managed to chat to, and he was just a proper character on the call, full of banter and what really came through when he chatted to me was how much he genuinely loves West Ham, mm, like mm. West Ham is his club, um yeah. and he can't speak highly enough of the fans. So, yeah, he's just an absolute hero of mine. So, yeah, Ledge, Ledge. All right, G, GP's <laughs> in. Okay, who's next, man? Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, James Tompkins. Oh, Tompkins, yes. Uh, good old Tonks. Um, yes. Obviously, another, well, one of the many decent lads that has come through our academy, our Steamed academy, which has actually struggled to produce any decent mm, players that have gone on to do smart. great things. Obviously, we've got a... Our academy's got a fantastic name from from past players that have come through. I still think we've got work to do now to get some of our players through because I find that they get to, you know, the first team level and then they end up playing in League 2 and you kind of forget about them. But he was yeah. one player that came through, was super raw when he first started out at West Ham, but he actually turned into quite a diamond. And um, I was actually really upset when when we sold him to Palace. I still mm-hmm. think that, that was a bit of a... Ten million for for Tonks. I think we could have held on to him, and I think he would have been decent for us. We've kind of struggled to to find a really solid centre back pairing since yeah. he left. And uh, yeah, he was a proper West Ham boy, so I, that that's my other choice of of centre back.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean, and and uh, and you're right. It's one of his players. It's all hindsight is a great thing, but I remember clearly we sold him, and then I think we had like two or three centre backs got injured, or you know, it's like. <laughs> and it's the same thing with like this year with like Fabianski you know we let Adrian yeah. go we bring in these two veterans yeah that's okay they're not gonna play and then Fabianski. and then basically our season buggers up Roberto plays Pellegrini oh. loses his job and like the dominoes f- effect but uh, yeah Tompkins I mean he's a proper West Ham boy he still is a West Ham boy when I interview Jack Collison for, uh, he put Tompkins in and um, he talks about him and him and Jack when they were both him and Jack when they were both um, gonna take being the, the first, their sort of first team debut, and then the squad away to Arsenal, and how they sort of like found out in a lift uh in high, you know, and they they sort of went. Oh, oh, by, the, by the way, yeah, bring your bring your that you're playing. And then as the doors nice. close, they're built, you know, like proper like American teen comedy, you know, the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, literally, that's what we were like, and it was like you can just see that, and um, and I and and I love a versatile player. I mean, Tonks played play left back for a uh, right back rather for a few games as well and, yeah. and I love players who could who aren't so pigeonholed that they can only play one position. Yeah, that's why I like someone like Antonio because he can play so different so many different positions um to his detriment until recently. But um no yeah, Tompkins, good shout.
1: Okay, who's next then Rich? Okay, so to complete the the back three I've gone with Winston Reed. Oh um, we know. Yeah, so this is, this is more of a, it's actually a bittersweet selection because I, I think of when he first joined the club, obviously, I'll, I'll never forget when the 2010 FIFA World Cup finished and you had uh, Golden Sullivan going, we are about to sign one of the most prominent yeah. players yeah. from the World Cup. And I'm going, oh, he's, he's a Spaniard or he's a German. Me, and they man. went, yeah, it's, it's Winston Reid. And I went, what? Who the fuck? You know? Yeah. He he scored a good goal in the World Cup for them and he was an unknown prodigy, but he came to West Ham and he made West Ham his own and um, scored some really important goals. I'll never forget, obviously, the winner against Man United, uh, his goal against Millwall to win us that game. So he he turned into a proper hammer and it is really sad uh, how the last three or four seasons Mm -hmm. have gone for him because in his prime, he was as solid a centre-back as we could have asked for. So... um, yeah, I wish him all the best, but he, he makes my my back three. I'll, I'll well, give ten him credit. He's been here ten
2: years now. Technically, he's still exactly. in the book. Obviously, we to be sold, and I was exactly the same. The World Cup, I make a point. You know, oh, I was like, here we go, we're getting Nesta, we're getting Nesta, we're getting Ramos. Oh my God! What? Sorry, New Zealand. What? Sorry, from Denmark? From from Mid, Mid-, Mid- Four million pounds. But I remember, I do remember watching that world cup and thinking he looked a good little player because i don't think they can see the goal new zealand just yeah. part of that being new zealand in in that whole world cup and um and i remember thinking he's not a bad player but yeah it was it was dressed up a lot as as it's total marketing spin on it really isn't it but uh i mean and it, and it's funny because like someone like reed and collins it's just about personalities really because you know reed's obviously New Zealand uh, and Danish is quite a reserved character uh, where Collins is Welsh She's fiery. And, and it's, it's funny how the fact, although we respect Reed, the fans have warmed to Collins more. It's, yeah. it's funny how the personalities, despite the fact they've been around roughly the same time on and off, um, you know, for West Ham. But uh, yeah, no, I just think it's, it's a shame what's happened with him. Um, we'll see. You know, is, is he he's technically back, isn't it? I think.
1: His what's actually MLS. happening with him? What, what is, what's happening? Because obviously he went it's to the States. and
2: Yeah, he was on loan, wasn't he? And then he was on loan to Salt Lake, I want to say. Um, and then I think, but then the MLS season, is it finished? Yeah. I mean, it was still going on. It's going on at the moment, isn't it? So in yeah. the bubble, they're doing it in the bubble in, in Florida, yeah. aren't they? um so i imagine he's still there but, but I he still, how long is he
1: contracted with us until contracted I us? Until? i thought
2: he's still i think we still got another year in his contract i thought i don't
1: know but um imagine Rido comes back and 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 plays for us that would be that would be crazy be i'd love so, it to happen
2: it'd be his testimonial year yeah 10 crazy. years can't Mental. believe it's been 10 matt yeah it is 2010 wasn't it so anyway Rido's in so that's the back three actually Ashi, who is next
1: Thing. Okay, so my centre defensive midfielder. Now oh, this was nice. this is going to be kind of controversial because I mean I'm sure a lot of people would have gone with Nobbs as as a centre mid, and obviously I love him to bits and he's Mr West Ham. But yeah. there's one lad that just stands out for me, and that generally made me fall in love with West Ham more, and that's Scotty Parker.
2: And I thought he was going to say uh, Jonathan Spector, but okay,
1: <laughs> Scotty Parker, yeah. um, hard as nails. Genuinely as nice a guy off the field that yeah. he is on the field. Um, leader, Maverick. I'll never forget his, his goals that he scored against us. Well, the one that he scored against us against Wigan at the bowling ground. I think it was yeah. to win 3-2. And he yeah. ran over to Zola and just embraced him. And, yeah, he's, he was just someone that I was, I was proud to watch. And even in the season when we went down, in that dire season we went down with Avram Grant as our manager, he still managed to get writer's player of the year, which oh, is kind of just yeah. like unheard of. Mentally. I mean, that's what De Bruyne is winning now. Scotty mm. Parker won that back in that season. So yeah, for me, he was an absolute hero on the field. So he makes my, my CDN yeah. position.
2: And and I think actually he, and I think obviously it's great that he be back, you know, with Fulham. And that's fantastic. I'm really pleased for him. And, and um, you heard his interview afterwards, obviously they've created into a meme with the streets. Was really yeah, I've seen brilliant. that. Um, but you can tell he just loves the game and he loves and and I think I just, I mean, I think also that you talk about Nobes, but I think Nobes and Deck, their impact has come from Scott Parker, you know. So you could see when Scott Parker was playing, Nobes was his deputy. And yeah. it was almost like, and also he sort of passed on that Scotty turn, you know, like a little 360. Nobes is a yeah, little 360. absolutely. And, <laughs> and, now, and now he's passed it onto Deck, like this little circle of life, like Kuna Matata, you know. It's like, <laughs> um, and, uh, and now I can see Deck's... I can see Deck did it the other day, the last couple of games, and I just think, and it really, really frustrates me why he's in this weird Venn diagram of players we hate because he went to went to a different club. It frustrates me entirely because he carried that team for three years on his back, and it was a shit team for three years, and he carried them, and you know, and it's frustrating because I don't think he's given the credit that he. Really deserves, and as you said, it's yeah, you, know, you, sh- you shouldn't have to say it's a controversial thing because actually he was hammer of the year three years in a row. Um, exactly. and yeah, and people forget, you know, Martin Peters went to Tottenham, you know what I mean? Bobby Moore wanted to go with him to Tottenham, uh, you know, yeah. and and they, they've got a stand named after him, you Great know. So point. it's it's, yeah. it's funny how people, you know, and, and you know, it's a guy I sort of mentioned the other day, you know, um, got into a guy called Graham Watts. And he was like, you know, if I was working for Fords and I went to Vauxhall, my mates aren't going to kick me out of the pub because I've gone to another club for more. And it's the same true. And I think people have this sort of this sort of nostalgic view of footballers that they, they stay at a club for 15, 20 years, like Billy Bonds did and yeah, Alvin Martin. Doesn't did. Happen anymore. They don't do that no more. Mark Noble is the exception yeah. to the rule. Um, yeah. If you get three years out of a play, you've done well. Um, but it's those three years and how well you play for the team. You know, if he went to bloody... Liverpool, Scott Parker, we'd still be revering him in this sort of, you know, fantastic sort of light, but it's um, just, you know, it could have been any other team. But anyway,
1: rant over. Scott Parker's in.
2: Who's <laughs> next?
1: All right. So I'm going to go with my right winger or right midfielder, and that's Trevor Sinclair.
2: Yeah. Tricky Trev. Tricky Big Trev.
1: Um, I absolutely adored watching him play this was obviously during more of my younger years. I must've been about five or six, but he was someone that genuinely I loved watching super, super skillful, did some outrageous things on his day. I mean, scored some unbelievable goals for us. Like, I mean, the couple of almost bicycle goals that he used to bang in the top corner. And yeah, he was just an unreal player for us. Um, And during that time, there were a few Mavericks in this, in that side and he was one of them. And, yeah. It was an absolute treat watching him playing and Blue. So yeah, Trev, Trev gets my,
2: my He ne- he never seemed to score a tapping. He never seemed to yeah. score a tapping. Everything was and you know, and he was he was the one uh, I always when everyone talks about Trevor Sinclair, I always always mention my granddad, God rest his soul. He um his eyesight was going and the and then so the only if if something was done well by a West Ham player and they were black, he was Trevor Sinclair. You know, it could have yeah. been Shaq Hislop had done the save, but because he was black and he was the only bloody player on the pitch, and I, and I love I love Trevor Sinclair, and um, and it's all right because we'll get a retweet because we put Trevor in the team. And that's what I mean. Chev loves a retweet. He loves a retweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I've seen and, that actually on, on your on your Twitter. I've seen that. Do you, you know what? Involved. It's
2: my, it's my one man mission to get Trevor Sinclair on the channel. Uh oh, and obviously I'm gonna have to go for his agent eventually. But it's my one man mission and, and uh yeah, bless bless Claire Lacey. She's she's tried as well from West Ham Women's. But uh yeah, to Trev. No, I love him, I love Trevor Sinclair. Okay,
1: who's next, man? Okay, so I'm gonna go attacking midfielder. Um what? none other than good old dimitri payet ah oh, love him love him i love him yeah and he's great boy. i mean listen um it obviously ended in a really sour manner let's not lie but he gave me my best ever season supporting mm. west ham yeah, where i genuinely sure. could not have been more enthralled and exhilarated watching us play that season that he gave us in the last year at the berlin was the most special year i think i've ever had as a west ham fan and Generally, that season, he was in the top three best players in the whole league, yeah. I'd say. He just ripped defences apart. He was scoring free kick after free kick. He was beating David De Gea from 35 yards at Old Trafford. He was just doing the most outrageous things. Went on to play in the Euros for France and was their best player in that tournament. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, yeah, it ended really poorly. And we call him a snake and blah, 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 which is probably right. He, he did throw his toys out the cots and he could have gone about it a lot better. But at the end of the day, he was one of the best attacking midfielders to ever put on a West Ham shirt, in my opinion. So he he takes the cake there.
2: Best player I've ever seen in uh, in a West Ham shirt. Technically the best player I've ever seen in a West Ham shirt. I mean, and again, he was one of those players that, uh, you know, And I don't recall it ever happening ever before in my lifetime where all my non-West Ham mates wanted him in their team. You know, we yeah. had, we had the man, he was the man, you know, he was like, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really into FIFA much then, but he would have been, you know, like, team of the season, you yeah, know, all these, and, and that never happens at West Ham, you know, and he was the man, and, and as you said, the Euros, he was the man in the Euros as well, and... Yeah. And we resurrect, you know, we made his career really. I mean, he was a good player in France. Everyone heard of him because he was high in the stats, but no one really knew him. And he came to West Ham, and yeah. got into the French team. He wasn't even in the French team when he joined. Um, and yeah, he left on a sour note. Unfortunately, with those players, they do—they're mavericks, as you said. they are they are they sort of this, you, you take, they throw their toys at the pram, uh, and we we do get them occasionally. You know, Arnie and and people like that, but that's how Pyatt came to us as well, was he, He's through. he went on strike almost in Marseille. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. well, what do you expect? He ain't going to like change, uh-huh. don't change his spots. But um, as you yeah. said, it was, it, it very rarely happens at West Ham that the stars align and the stars aligned that season. We had the right manager, the right star player, the right relationship between the manager and the player and it just worked. And, for that season alone, I think you know he he's he fits in considering the, you know how many people we've interviewed and stuff. And again, you know, he was only there for really a season and a half, and the impact he made on West Ham was phenomenal. Um, yeah. From day one, from day one, from that Liverpool that Arsenal game, he was playing straight away. You know, and uh, yeah. no, I think he was, I loved him. I thought he was a fantastic player. Uh, okay, Dimi in.
1: who's next, man? Dimmy's in. Okay, so I'm going to left left midfielder, left winger. Um, probably not his preferred position, but I had to get him in, and, and that's Joe Cole. Yeah. Um, so absolute baller for West Ham. Captained us at, what, 21, 22? I don't know. Like can't that. remember. Yeah. He was proper West Ham boy. Went on to do some incredible things at, at other clubs, but during his time at West Ham, we were going through a really rocky patch, and he was the one player that really, you know, held his hand up that season and rolled up mm. his socks and said, listen, you know, I'm going to give everything for the club and he was yeah he was another one of those maverick players that on his day could genuinely do whatever he wanted and he'd make it work so yeah joe cole is is my pick on on the left hand side
2: yeah i know what you mean and and it's a shame he he
1: bookend his
2: bookended his career at west ham um you know but i think you know we very rarely have players in their prime Payet, maybe, is probably him and hopefully Bowen and, yeah, and Suchet. Yeah. But he doesn't really happen. And um, you're right. And, and what I love about Joe is he's such a clear, you know, and obviously, you know, from, a, from an analyst perspective, you're such as yourself, you know, when he's on BT Sport and stuff like that, he speaks so highly of football. He's so intelligent. And yeah. uh, oh, I think you'll make a fantastic manager wherever he goes to eventually. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, obviously. he speaks
1: a lot of sense, I must say.
2: He does. Right. Okay, man continue okay.
1: this front three would tear any defence to shreds this front three okay. is actually ridiculously good here we okay, go so Me- start Mido,
2: off- Mido 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 Eliane and Guillermo Franco and done thank you yeah, good night done.
1: boom <laughs> okay so I'm going to start off with our Argentinian king Mr. Carlos Tevez
2: obviously Jonathan um, Deleuze, but yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I will never forget the day I was coming back from school I must have been <laughs> I must have been, what, 11? No, even younger. Must have been yeah. 9 or 8. And uh, one of the the radio bulletins came up and they said, West Ham have just signed Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano. And I went, what the hell? What yeah. is going on? This is mental. But Pardew had, had managed to get these deals over the line. God knows how. And I'll never forget when he joined West Ham. He was so overweight and so unfit.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember watching Pardew's interview going, you know, he he knew he was getting an absolute baller, but he was actually genuinely worried about whether he'd be able to ever like get on the field for West Ham. Yeah. Little did we know how much of an impact he was gonna make in, in that final season. I think that's yeah. probably the season the second most uh special season that I've been a West Ham fan would be that one mm-hmm. because of how we managed to pull off that great escape. God knows how yeah. we did it, but Tevez just engineered some <laughs> absolutely uh, some absolute miracles for us and Scored some important goals. Who can forget that goal at Old Trafford on the final day to to keep us up? Brilliant player, um, yeah. absolutely world class. It's
2: funny. I've I've heard some really because obviously we've interviewed a lot of ex players and stuff as well, and around that time, and and I was, I'm always intrigued. So I always ask him what what was it like? You know, like you turn up to Chadwell Heath and like there's two Argentinians. and we had like people like John Pansil, bless him, who was like. I just, it was just football, honestly. I, my eyes were like, wow. And we interviewed Anton, uh, Anton Ferner, and, and he said how um, how Carlos particularly really really wanted to integrate himself within the West Ham way of doing stuff. Um, so much so that he went to a night. They were like the boys were going out to a nightclub in London. He came along, but he came along with his interpreter. And so he's on the dance floor, like really giving it something. You can imagine, like proper Argentinian tango, you know, sweating buckets. And his little interpreter was there telling him what to, you know, it was just absolutely brilliant. But, oh, that's brilliant. but it's funny, you ask these people, and even like the people, I've interviewed a few guys from the club and about how it, you know, you know, he was like I don't know either you know' he's like, I don't know how it happened but he just did and uh, you're right and I was the, I was like the man in the I was all t- the when it all came through I was obviously in the office and people were like I was the talk of the water cooler you know I was people, people I had the MD slap my back and say well done and I was like yeah cheers yeah yeah I engineered <laughs> that whole move myself <laughs> But they looked like they were. They looked like they'd been kidnapped. I always think that. You look at that picture when there's Pardew with the two of them, and they're like squinting, yeah. like they've just come out of a, you know, like a like I don't know some sort of tanker somewhere, and they come out <laughs> like, hello, hello. Right now you've got to go to East London. You have to go. You have to go and train at Reef, Um, just past the Moby Dick pub, um, and and it's just yeah, it was so bizarre. But you well, see, well, what
1: I loved that, about him, what I loved about him, sorry, um, is just when. Whenever he came to Upton Park as opposition player, yeah. he'd always go over to the fans and, and do the cross-hammers. Well, it didn't put, matter if he was yeah. playing for United or City nah. or blah, blah, blah. He he genuinely... I think he genuinely loved West Ham.
2: Yeah. He still probably and he's,
1: does. And he does. It was, it was the other day, wasn't it? Uh, he's
2: 36 now and he did say if he was the only team he'd go back to Europe is West Ham. Um, and and he, he resurrected that, you know. I, I've seen people in the 70s and 80s do it, but not. For, I don't remember anyone doing it in sort of modern time until he came back and did it and everyone started doing it again. But um, yeah, Tos Tevez, And then you said, me, for, the first, for the first, you know, he, to be honest, he only really came alive that second half of the season. Really? Yeah. You know, he was being played. I mean, it was Eamon Kerbysh came in and said, look, just don't... A bit like with Vrnatovic, you know, when Moyes went, stop doing that, just stay up front and just... Do stuff up front, you know, and, and that was it. And the same with Tevez, he didn't have to run like a an idiot all the way around. But um, absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely class. Okay, who's next, man?
1: Okay, cool. So my centre forward. Um, I was very, I was probably about five or six at, at the time, but I, the, you can't not put this man in your team, and that's Paulo Canio. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is West Ham royalty, West Ham god. Generally, the stuff that he did on a football pitch would leave you breathless. Almost every, almost every week. And he is, again, someone that I can, I can adore and love because I know he loves us back. And he genuinely has a, a real soft spot for West Ham and, and the fans. Yeah. And he comes back for noses testimonial. You often see him in the sands, um, especially in our last season at the Bolin. So yeah, he's he's just West Ham royalty, probably one of the greatest arguably to play for West Ham and he was an absolute treat to watch. Yeah. So for me that he was the first name on on my team list because of how good he was.
2: Well, I think you're right. I mean, I, for me, Payet was, I've always said before, I think Payet was technically the best player we've seen, but I think Dekane was the best player because you've almost got like a pie chart. You need like the technicality and then you need the passion and the sort of the connection with the fans. And he just had it all. And um, as you said, you know, I mean, you know, I'm terribly phobic of needles and he's got a West Ham tattoo and I haven't got a West Ham tattoo. And so I'm like, well, you know, man, that's, you know, that's, that's that's it's more proper than me. Is proper if you if you ink yourself. Proper. He was a nutter. And,
1: he was a nutter, but he was brilliant.
2: We but we love a nutter, don't we? Exactly. We, 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 we like someone who's on that edge between yeah. genius and and just craziness. And you know, sometimes he stepped off that edge. And again, you talk about Payet We only got Di because he pushed over a referee. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know. You, we call a spade a spade here, and that's what happened, man. But, uh all right, PDC's in. Who's the last piece of the rich pie?
1: The last piece of the pie. Um This was actually the the lad whose name... The first name I ever got printed on the back of a West Ham shirt was was this lad, and it's none other than Bobby Zamora. Ah, oh, Z-Man. Uh, Z-Man. He, I'll, I'll never, ever forget that playoff final against Preston. Now, I... I was in grade two at the time, so that's I was eight years old.
2: Yeah.
1: and um, I remember obviously we'd got the whole family together. We we're going to watch the game at my house, and there's my dad, my brother, myself, swearing at the TV, going absolutely bananas, <laughs> and Bobby pops up and scores the winner. And I remember I had a lot of homework due the next day. <laughs> and I genuinely, genuinely, when I didn't do it and got to school the next day, I genuinely said, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I must apologize. But West Ham were in the playoff final and we won. And that's why I haven't done my homework. And that was my excuse because I was on such a high after that game. That was like, you know, we're we in I the Premier League now. It. There was yeah. just the light at the end of the tunnel. And he was genuinely class on his day. Some of the things that he oh, used he to do, crazy. the he used to score special special player and again he's another lad that speaks so highly of Mm. of west ham and the club and the fans so for that he has all
2: my respect i mean he just you know some players have a knack of scoring and he just had a knack i remember the, the season we went up if i remember for the first sort of two or three months he was top goal scorer in the premier league and i don't remember him scoring like a a goal it was you know like like it'd come off his head or his bum or his chest, it, but he just had a knack. And um, you're right, when and he was in a really good vein of form then, and I think, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely bloke as well. And you know, he loves his fishing, yeah, hell of a fisher. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I know what you mean he's just like you know, West Ham, and, and again, I, I love a player who ends up having a song and obviously you know he you said you got the he had a song and joe had a song and you know and zamora had his song and it's something about you know you get a certain status as a player and you get a song made out you know and you get to empire and you know it's like it's and yeah. i love players who, who have their own songs and obviously zamora had more than one based on every bloody place he went to but uh no it was good oh pardon me it was good man no it's good fun rich man I man actually brilliant man i told you time flies when you're having fun
1: 51 minutes. That was magnificent. Love that.
2: Really love that, right? It's been great, man. Thank you so much for your time. And obviously, thank you to everyone else uh, for watching. You know, like, share, subscribe. Obviously, you know, going over to the Irons United stuff as well. Cracking content at the moment. Um, And from me and Rich, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, Come on, you Irons. Got to do that as well. That's it. Come on, you Irons. And until next time, everyone, stay safe. We'll see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.